Hi, I'm Nina Samuels, and apparently you have nothing better to do with your time, so you are listening to the Holy Shoot podcast. gentlemen and welcome to the new holy shoot wrestling challenge for our previous listeners we have upgraded and changed the format completely and instead of a weekly roundup we thought we would do would become a weekly debate show we will also still be doing interviews courtesy of our co-host jason on a regular basis but that will be our quote-unquote secondary brand so what is a holy shoot wrestling challenge you ask well the holy shoot wrestling challenge is a new wrestling quiz show where the arguments not your overall opinions win each week our guests will go head to head over five rounds and debate topics that are either relevant to right now or will be themed After that, we will have something called the three-count round. The three-count round will be where two competitors are forced to pick between one of two options and will have 30 seconds to say why why their option is the best. The first two, two falls, will win the round and potentially the game. (laughs) Again, it's not what they choose wins, but the arguments. Simple, got it. Right. The following contest is scheduled for one fall, and it is a singles match. Introducing first, from Woken Sorry, it's Jason, not the Cornette Experience, Norris. (laughs) And secondly, from Bedford, Bevershire, it is a Bedford brawler, Sam, the wise man, Leighton. How are you all doing? And I'm your host, Broderick, by the way. I'm doing very good, Brod. I'm happy to be here. You should have included, but I've got my valet with me, my cat, walking me oh, down yeah. the aisle, my cat, Myla. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're still recording this on Skype, but we might do a few roundtables coming up soon as well. But yeah, Milo the cat has joined us. Uh, when we tried to do the intro, um, initially, uh, Jason goes, let's go. He's the one that usually produces a show. And Milo decided to come in and meow straight away. Um, making uh, an abrupt timing. appearance. It was, a, it was a run-in before we even started the uh, the game. Match? Game? Game. Yeah, it's a game. And Contest. A Contest. Contest, yeah. That's much it's better. A, That's out to the death. a label that Vince McMahon would approve of. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm good. Uh, I'm, I'm enjoying a good... I've, I've officially told everyone at work that I'm changing roles and leaving my current team, so that was good to finally happen. So I'm sort of in, I'm in that transition period where I don't care too much, which is nice. And then I've got, we've got SummerSlam, you know, the big WWE meetup coming up as well this weekend. So it'll be good. Yep, you, you can join... You can join us at the WWL meetup in London uh, at Belushi's London Bridge on Monday night at 6.30pm to catch the replay of SummerSlam. No spoilers, but please do join us. Beer, food, and make some new friends in the world of professional wrestling. That's the the, the 12th of August. I just wanted to throw that one in. You said Monday night, but yeah, it's the 12th. All right, Mister. I once recorded in a hospital or something. You know. <laughs> I watched a video about successful promos once. I think I'm a 
Okay, <laughs> promo. I work in marketing. I should I should know better. <laughs> so, how are you feeling, Sam, before you lose this contest? I'm uh, nervous and genuinely afraid of this contest. Um, I, as I said before the show, I don't mind admitting it. I'm a much bigger New Japan fan than I am WWE, and it's the G1 at the moment. So I'm very excited the G1 finishes this weekend. Consequently, it means I haven't been paying that much attention to the WWE storylines. Uh, so let's see how this one goes. That I'm sure it'll be fine. That I am ready to be humbled. I, I am ready to be humbled. By the tinfoil shake of Woking. Ooh, tinfoil shake. <laughs> so, uh, that's a promo section out of the way. Let's get on with the show. This week's, uh, our questions will be more focused towards SummerSlam and NXT TakeOver because both shows are coming up this weekend, as Sam just mentioned. So, I'm going to kick this off, gentlemen. Uh, which match should we look forward to most at SummerSlam? Jason, you go first. Okay, great. Kicking off the show, the first contestant and everything sounds good. So for me, and I'm telling you all, the match you should be looking forward to at SummerSlam is The Fiend versus Finn Balor. And why should you be looking forward to this match? The amount of questions we have. What will be The Fiend's entrance? How has Braid changed his style Will Bray either smile time Bray and the puppets appear? Old Bray, who knows? Will they factor into the actual entrance or the video? Does the fiend slip in and out of character and go back to being the other Bray? Does the mask stay on? Um, Finn's been reported to be taking some time off to get married and have a break. Will he be hinting at the demon character? Is he going to be jobbed out to come back strong later? How does the fiend fight? Does he have a slower style, a more maniac style? Is he like old school zombie undertaker or a crazed mankind? There is so much we do not know. And there's been such investment in Bray Wyatt and The Fiend. It's a match with two really good wrestlers, but it's not about work rate. It's about a spectacle. Sam, I challenge you. (laughs) Okay. Do I just have to... I was waiting for a cue. Um, This is the first time we've done this. Just just in case you didn't realise, I feel like I should say it again. Uh, My answer uh, is not as good as... Well, it's, it's... it's obviously Shane versus Kevin Owens. It has to be Shane versus Kevin Owens. There's no other feud like it on the show at the moment. Uh, it's incredibly hot. That promo Kevin cut on SmackDown where he had he kept getting his mic cut off and then finding other mics to talk on. He's That's proper, proper, proper hot wrestling where the face is just speaking what the fans are thinking and everyone manages to get behind them. Uh, it's also incredibly good to finally see babyface Kev which is a, a role that I and I know many other people have wanted to see him in afterwards. Plus, it leaves actually a lot of interesting storyline stuff. I know that Shane is not the best like wrestler in the world, technically, even though he says that a lot. Uh, but he definitely has the ability to tell an incredible story in the ring. And if he wins, then that leaves a lot of interesting storyline stuff as well, because obviously Kevin Owens is not going to retire from wrestling, even if he wins. He'll just go away for a bit. Um, yeah. Oh, both very interesting points. Who wants to murder who first? Um, I'll go first, since Jason went first last time. Ooh. This match, the Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt, is the most exciting match on the show. It's the most predictable match on the show. Finn Balor is going away, so he's going to lose. And Bray Wyatt is not going to have changed his style at all. He's just wearing a creepy mask. It's It's... The WWE doesn't know how to book Bray Wyatt, and this is not going to change in this match at all. 
Hmm. Do you not? Do you really think he's going to wrestle exactly the same as Bray? I think he'll he'll look more vicious because his outfit will be different. But I don't think his style will have changed that much. I think you are completely wrong. Why is he completely wrong? They've, this amount of investment, Bray Wyatt has lost a ton of weight. He's invested heavily in this character. The amount of work he's done to change his actual physique and the character he's going to wrestle as. There is no way you're going to be seeing old-fashioned Bray Wyatt in this match. He's put way too much effort in to do this. I can't. I mean, we're going to see some of, his, some of the moves you know him for, but I don't think he's going to wrestle a completely different style. Mm, so. I... Oh, sorry, I was just going to say, I guess I'm just cynical about how WWE tells stories. Uh, fair enough. So why not Shane versus Owens, Jason? I mean, it's going to be an enjoyable match. I mean, one of the things that's clear about SummerSlam was it's a good overall show. But really, um, you know, Mr. Cardio, Shane McMahon. Is it, by the way, is this a street fighter? I mean, is this just a normal match? Because I'm assuming it's a normal street match. Fight. Really? Shane's a, a normal match? match? I'm sure well, that you faced, you faced Roman Reigns in a normal match. I'm sure, yeah, with shenanigans. Either way, there's going to be shenanigans, right? I mean, we know what we're getting out of this. There's no way that Owens, in theory, can lose. So it's just as predictable. But I think it's obvious, like, we know the Shane McMahon tricks. There's not going to be much good wrestling here. So he's going to fall off something, and his friends are going to come out and do something at the same time. I think that's the most predictable match on the show. Oh, okay. Um, do you want to counter that, uh, Sam? Uh, I think that thinking it's predictable is going to be a bit of a mistake. Um, I think it's, well, so this is a test, but my answer to a later question relies on the argument I was about to make there. Um, So I guess we'll wait until a later answer for me to refer back to this. You're very cryptic. Yeah. Uh, That's that's too cryptic. You've got to put it on the line if you want to win this argument. So I this round, you've got to put on. All right, all right, fine, Jason. I think you you walked into my trap saying that it was uh, predictable because I think that the upset of the night is going to be that Shane McMahon is going to beat Kev. It's going to be through shenanigans, but it's a perfect move for a babyface like Kev to do the kind of Steve Austin thing of being fired, but showing up and wreaking havoc all over the show for weeks afterwards, leading to a big blow off at something like Survivor Series. I think I think that's actually really likely to happen kind of showing up, smashing up his car, putting things in his locker room, that kind of thing. It's the kind of stuff WWE loves producing, and uh, I think they're pretty good at it too. And I think it's a a, great role for Kev to be filling. Fair enough. Um, Any more murdering to be done? I mean, I think I've got such a strong argument. It's almost like just... (laughs) I feel bad taking jabs at Sam for this one. I mean... You're seriously trying to say that the match that everyone should look forward to on a packed card is something involving Shane McMahon. Yes. Uh, Yeah, this is not a surprising thing. It's been the most exciting thing on a lot of cards, or one of the top matches on a lot of cards. Shane McMahon... Examples. uh, AJ Styles versus Shane McMahon at WrestleMania. Open the show and it was a killer match. Uh, In the Attitude Era, loads of Shane McMahon matches. Yeah, that was a little bit of a while ago. That was a little bit of a while ago. The WrestleMania match was only a few weeks ago. I think Shane McMahon versus The Miz. Uh, I can't remember which pay-per-view. It was that at was one a, of the big they ones. Did a, they did it at WrestleMania, and it was kind of disappointing just a stand-up brawl. What, where they did the, the big suplex of the Fool's Count Anywhere with the, the stuff with um, George Mizanin and all that? That was great. What are you talking about? 
Like, are you even watching the same show as me? I was there. Oh, yeah, you were. So you clearly must have gone to get a beer or something at that point. Or maybe it didn't come across, uh, you know, from how far away you were sitting. Well, you came round to our area, actually, for that. And I watched them jump onto the nice padded area from the scaffolding. Oh, well, we couldn't see that on TV, you see. I think you guys are getting distracted from the actual point of the matches. We are. Anyone have... It was my yeah. point, but who's looking forward to a Shane McMahon match? It's hard to, I mean, it's fun to watch him get beaten up and see a bit, a bit of a shtick, but really? I think anyone who's been watching the show would be more excited about Shane versus Owens. Bray's would return, I don't know, it's, it's just a bad choice of opponent, really. I know it makes sense because they're trying to play off all of the spooky characters against each other, but I don't think Finn will even come out as the demon. In fact, hasn't he been announced that he's just yeah, going to be Yeah, Finn he's Bala? not the demon. He's not the demon. He's the Bala. That's kind of the point. Yeah, he's yeah. Going. So who cares on. then? Finn Balor as not the demon is just a regular guy who's quite good at wrestling and he's boring. He is. He's not great on the mic and in the ring, meh. Oh, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you? So are, are we done? I think so. <laughs> J- Jason, do you want... Jason, have you have anything else to add before I make my decision? Shane McMahon wears tennis shoes and I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's right, the argument, lads. Um, okay, so, ooh, that's a tough round. Um, it's tough because I'm not personally looking forward to either one of those matches, but that's not what we're judging it on. We're not judging it on what I would prefer. We're judging it on your arguments. And I... Oh, I have to go with Sam on this one. I, <laughs> felt, I was not expecting that. <laughs> I felt Sam defended his points really well. I kind of felt the shots against Shane was cheap. Um, yeah, I, I think Sam just edges it for me because I think he defended his argument really well. Shane yeah. McMahon's had some very entertaining matches, including Miz most recently at WrestleMania, which got to say you're in the minority who didn't enjoy it um yeah i i've also feel that both you've made fantastic points in that they could be both predictable but i think what swung it for me was sam saying that you know shane could win this match and it could help owners get over in the long run if owners is treated like the new austin arriving creating havoc which you know, it could possibly happen. I mean, they did it with Becky Lynch earlier in the year. So Sam just does enough to win the point in the first round. That's making history. The first fall in, in this inaugural competition. Well, that's because you're that's the heel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and speaking of uh, multiple falls in, one, uh, in matches, um, NXT TakeOver 2019, uh, Toronto 2019, should I say, is coming up also this weekend. So similar to the first question, which match should we look forward to at TakeOver? I guess I go first now. So I think, again, there's only really one answer, and it is Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano. They are 
undeniably two of the best wrestlers in the world at the absolute top of their game in one of the ex most exciting takes on what is a fairly standard stipulation in a while. Now, I, I mean, I can't think of the last time that a two out of three falls match was one on two falls. So it's definitely going to the third fall. The first two falls are going to be exciting enough. Both of them can put on an absolute wrestling clinic in the ring. So the first fall is going to be an absolute banger. Both of them are capable of delivering on like grisly, out of the ring, street fighty, bloody kind of action. Well, not bloody because it's with WWE, but you know what I mean. They're both extremely good at delivering in matches like that without making it look like they're leaning really heavily on all the trash for like big pops. And then the third fall, the William Regal stipulation. What could that be? Could it be a cage match to keep the Undisputed Era away? Could it be a ladder match? Could it be a submission match? Could it be a Duchess of Queensbury rules match? Anything could happen. It's it's genuinely one of the most exciting main events, I think, that WWE have put on in a long time. Uh, and I don't even follow NXT that closely. And I am definitely, I'm even going to probably stay up for this one. I'm hyped for it extremely. Fair enough. Jason, what about you? I mean, that's a good match, sure. But it's not Velveteen Dream defending the North American title against Pete Dunne and Roderick Strong. Now, we've seen Dream and Strong. We've seen Strong and Dunne. We've never seen all three together. Um, Dream seems to be playing the tweener. So we've got the face Dunne and the heel Strong to balance things out. Three very amazing and very different performers. And I think they're going to they're gonna steal the show if they can get the chance to be creative. Dream's my favourite guy in NXT. Pete Dunne, I've never heard of him having a bad match. I've definitely never seen one. And with Strong, you know he's always going to be good. And he's pretty much tried to steal the show last takeover with Riddle. So these three are so smooth in the ring. If they get the chance, I think they could tear up the triple threat format, which most people expect, and really blow us away. So I guess I oh sorry yeah, yeah. I guess I, I get I get to respond to this now then uh, I actually kind of think that that triple threat match feels a bit like a kind of shoehorn to play Pete Dunne and uh, Velveteen Dream off against each other so that Roderick Strong can come in and steal the title and then we can have an undisputed era holds all the gold moment at the end of the show it just feels like the the match is predictable I'm not saying it's like not going to be an incredible match because it is all three of those guys are incredibly capable wrestlers i just feel like the end is fairly predictable well either all of the undisputed era are all winning their matches or they're all losing and i think on the rest of the show there's matches where they're not they're not winning basically um so yeah i think i think it's oh sorry there's matches they're not losing sorry so, uh, yeah, I think it's fairly predictable. Basically, that's my criticism of it and why I didn't pick it for the most exciting match. You see, I haven't got I haven't got undisputed era winning this or the tag titles. So I didn't even think about like strong winning this one. Um, I'm going to say your match. I mean, Cole and Mr. Johnny Wrestling, obviously, it'll be good. But we've seen them do chatter three falls before. You know the formula they're going to go with. I'd be interested if the third fall was actually William Regal bringing out the old WCW spin the wheel, make the deal, and we had a coal miners glove match. I would pop for that. <laughs> What's a coal miners glove match? Um, it's kind of like a, a broad will love this. It's a coal miners glove on a pole. And you, yes! get, you get the glove down, and it's a glove that's got like special reinforced like steel and metal, and you can hit your opponent with it. 
Or, oh, you okay. act, or it all goes wrong, and if you're Jake the Snake Roberts, your snake ends up biting you, and you lose to Sting in a very weirdly booked match. But we're not going to do that on this show. I assume that's not going to happen, because that'd be amazing. Instead, we've got Cole and Johnny Gargano. I mean, I'm just not a fan of Adam Cole having the belt in general. I don't know why. I didn't think they should have put the belt on him in the first place. And this will be good, but it's not going to be anywhere near as interesting as the possible combination of my three guys. So... What do you think the third tool is going to be out of interest? It's really hard to tell. I think it might well be... Well, I guess if it was a cage match, we'd see the cage very early on in the show, and that would be the problem. That, I think, would be like a kind of nice ending to the match, but it wouldn't be unpredictable enough because you'd know at the start of the pay-per-view. And this ties into... You don't know exactly what you're going to be getting into. You're saying to look forward to a match, and we don't quite know what the majority of the match is going to be, which would be that third fall. And that could end up being a chess match for all you know. Yeah, but it's not going to, Jason. Come How do on. you know? The, the WWE's booking is not that bad, and they're not pro wrestling Eve, so they're not going to do a board games fall in the middle of a two out of three falls match. I don't know. I mean, there's nothing to guarantee you're going to get a great third match, that third fall here, or it's going to go to the third fall. And oddly, the first fall is a wrestling match, which is not really taking advantage of the stipulation. I mean, I feel like the 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 fact it doesn't really matter necessarily what the stipulation is as long as it's a sensible one it might just be false count anywhere or uh, last man standing or or anything any of them potentially cole and gargano can turn into a great match they can they're they're wrestling genius wizard boys i don't know i just figure <laughs> the first falls a wrestling match then the next one's next one's falls count anywhere or a hardcore street it's fight, a street fight it? so that rules out any other like variation in that so the final four yeah it has to be a chess match really so but there's guess, a story oh sorry you know, if it's a chess match it's just gonna be very disappointing for everyone unless it's a really epic chess match there's a story there though isn't there because obviously johnny gargano is the uh is the street fight boy and adam cole is the wrestling boy and so you know they've both got their different falls there that they're going to pick up it makes sense for them to be one and one after the second fall which is is kind of how all two out of three falls go matches go in quite a predictable way uh, and, and that's still exciting and then obviously you've got the unknown third who's gonna win who knows it could be anything but your main issue with my match is you think it's predictable that roderick strong is gonna win so you're predicting that adam cole is also going to win his match making it thus very predictable no, I think it's it's been made. Well, yeah, I think so because I don't. I no, think no, no, no. Let's just stop. You're saying your match. You're saying is really predictable, and you're putting that down my choice because it's predictable. No, I'm not saying my match is predictable at all. I'm saying that it does away with the predictable nature of two out of three falls matches with the extra stipulations. Um, and I also I also think that basically yeah because we're going to get the undisputed era holding all the gold moment and the street profits are getting called up to raw they're on raw all the time so we know that the undisputed era are going to win that tag match so then Roderick Strong is going to win win the American match and Johnny Gargano is going to win the NXT title and then at the end of the match oh sorry not Johnny Gargano Adam Cole is going to win the NX the the NXT title end of the show closes out all four of them holding the belts in the air. So you're That's... looking forward to a show where you're predicting the finish of the main event, which you're saying is the best match on the show, and but it's going to be really obvious. I I mean I don't know about really obvious. I think I think. I don't Ron, know. That's, come yeah. on, clearly. What do you think? I, I, I'm not going to give an opinion here because I, I, I don't think you're done fighting. 
but is predictable a bad thing? I mean, yeah, as a, as a fan of New Japan, that's very true. New Japan booking is a great example of extremely predictable, like the logical people always win, but you still it's still exciting. You still bite on all the near falls. You still have those moments of thinking, oh man, the thing I didn't think was going to happen is going to happen. Um, and actually, if everything is kind of a bit more predictable, it means when unpredictable things happen, they're more exciting, like Roderick Strong winning the triple threat. No, wait, hang on. I just shot myself in the foot there. Fuck. <laughs> mm, fell into my trap. <laughs> I was never very good at debating. I'm doing my best. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Jason. What about you? It's predictable or bad thing. Unless I say the better I am on this, do I? Can I just sort of plead the fifth? Okay, fair <laughs> enough. You, you didn't even answer my question about how it's predictable. You saw the trap. <laughs> you well, saw the trap I fell into there. Well, uh, I think that calls it. You know what the funny part was? Up until that moment, you were winning, Sam. Yeah, I know, and then I just gunned myself completely. And you actually shot yourself in the foot. That's I blame. This is your uh, fault. This is a case of referee interference, and I demand an, a second no, official. No, I, 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 no, it's completely your fault. I was just asking whether predictability is a bad thing or not, because all I've heard so far is predictable, predictable is a counter-argument. You haven't given anything beyond that in terms of... Um, whether it's predictable or not, or why it's bad, because why is its predictability is bad. And uh, neither of you have done that. Jason, I've got to be honest, up until that point, I thought your argument about Cole Gargano, the third fall, um, being, you know, being unpredictable, being a bad thing, was pretty weak in clutching at straws, if I'm honest. And the stuff like Cole in a glove, funny as that reference is, was counterintuitive to what you're trying to do. Um, but, you know, you just fell into that trap, Sam, so I have no option but to give it to Jason or else you'd be uh, leading uh, to your... Fair so. enough. As the, as the face in this competition, I'll, I'll concede, you know. <laughs> so, on to round three. What is your favourite SummerSlam moment? Jason, you go first. My favourite SummerSlam moment of all time is Bret Hart versus the British Bulldog from SummerSlam 1992. So it's a bit of an older one, So, but this was at Wembley. And I remember the hype for this as a, I about nine years old at the time. The local tabloid newspapers were covering it. It was a truly groundbreaking event in the world of wrestling. And it was amazing to have such a big show outside of the US. They sold out Wembley. It looked like a great show. The crowd sounded great. They had David Boy Smith led out by, Len- by Lennox Lewis, you know, sort of to add to it. And they had a great storyline with the Bulldog being married to Hart's sister, sister Diana. And the food feud for this belt was tearing the family apart. They main evented SummerSlam. It was a 25-minute classic. And it made all the better when I read Brett's book when I was a, a lot older, obviously. And Brett pointed out that David Boy had spent the summer with Jim the Ammonite pretty much smoking crack and doing drugs while recovering from an injury. So he'd done no cardio and was completely screwed cardio and conditioning-wise, yet they still had a great match. It went back and forward. And at the time, it was a very cool sunset flip counter that the Bulldog won the belt with. And afterwards, Brett teased, being uh, refusing to shake hands. But ultimately, the family all got together, winning him around. And then, and then everyone celebrated together in a nice way. It was a perfect SummerSlam moment. Very, very nice indeed. What about you, Sam? 
as a British person, it's got to be the British Bulldog winning the title at SummerSlam 92. Fuck you, Jason. I, you said all the things I was going to say. Uh, I watched the match before we put this on, and the, the sound of the crowd, even in like the slightly lower quality recordings from 1992, is outrageous. The pop, as soon as they come out, every single person in the crowd is on their feet. It, it, it's the intercontinental title, but it feels like one of the biggest matches that WWE have ever put on in history. I, I, I wouldn't be able to feel confident calling myself British if I didn't pick this as my the best SummerSlam moment of all time either. Man, I this wouldn't is... have. So, Rod, how does this work? Do you want to base it on... Because my you had the best argument because I'm talking about the build and the storyline as well as the match. Yeah, but I can't just say the things that you said again. <laughs> That's boring. Like, yeah. So I don't know. Uh, you've got to decide if you want to murder each other or not. Do we? But someone, someone's got to win. We just have to hold hands and walk off together. We are like Scott <laughs> Hart and David West Smith at the end of this match. Someone, yeah, yeah. someone, someone has got to win. There's right. one fall, no. so you have to make one of you has to make a better argument than the other because one of your arguments right now is weaker than the other. So, you know, but, add something, but, guys. Add but, something. So add something. So much of this is down to who went first because I could have said all the stuff about the build if I'd gone first, and then Jason would have been left going, "Oh yeah," and the pop was really big when they came out, and that—that's all I can think of. How convenient! I tell you what, one 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 letdown I have to—I'll say about this moment, and I'm aware that I'm shooting myself in the foot again, but I'm not sure why. If I make a good argument against it, even though I said the same thing, does that count towards me making a good argument? No. Okay, so have, I won't have, say what... You have, to rip into, you have to rip into Jason's argument. Oh, okay, so... But... <laughs> uh, uh, okay. The... Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know how I can do that without attacking myself. Um, <laughs> it's, are, you it's can, are you conceding defeat, Sam? Uh, in the storyline build, the letdown of the storyline build to this match was definitely the fact that... Um, what's there? What's... British Bulldog's wife called Debbie Diana Bret Hart's Diana there, there's an interview in the version I watched with I can't remember the the stick guy's name it wasn't Gene Oakland anyway and he's interviewing her and the answers she gives are just like wooden as fuck I was thinking lady you're from a wrestling family how do you not know how to answer questions like this even even remotely so I felt like that wasn't wasn't the most exciting thing about this this particular um match but the moment when he won the belt was incredible okay jason do you want to counter anything that sam says so sam's trying to sort of tear my argument down we're talking about the acting of the non-wrestling wife that was in like a bit of a sort of i guess cardboard promo interview i think that adds to it in some ways in fact but she's actually being a real person she's not a wrestler she's not cutting her promo she's just a family member that is very upset that her husband and her beloved brother are having a fight. And I think that comes across in the actual like, interview that they do with her, even if it's maybe not the most animated, but it's it's a real person talking, and I think that I, works. I, I don't think it is. A real person talking doesn't talk like this when they're emotionally invested in something. 
that's how a boring person talks who doesn't know how to act. Whereas if you're emotionally invested in something, you would say, I'm, this has been tearing me apart for weeks, you know, I can't sleep at night. I, on the one hand, I've got my loyalty to my family. On the other hand, it's my husband. You know, I want them both to be safe, but I know they're going to kill each other in the ring. This match is going to be amazing. They Look, I just cut a better promo than she did, and that I thought that wasn't even very good. See, it's hard for me to have a get Sam's argument because, like you said, I went first, and all he's got is like agreeing with me. So, he's not <laughs> so really, Sam, you can actually like, you have the advantage of like then tearing apart my argument by saying less. Yeah, that's true. That's true. This is argue. like round two all over again. <laughs> oh, so I'm going to cut this short because uh, you know neither one of you really want to fight each other. But Sam was the only person that came up with the counter-argument. Both of you shot yourselves in the foot uh, multiple times. They're saying, I can't do this, I can't do that. <laughs> I don't care. You both selected, in my opinion, what a moment that doesn't even make the top five for me. So, um... It's just as well, you're just a host and your opinion doesn't count. So, no, let's, hear, <laughs> well, so let's hear your... What are the five that come above this one, then? Are we allowed uh, to do that, or am I now? Yeah, is this like a like ref bump? We're turning yeah. on the host. <laughs> Triple H, Michaels, 2002, unsanctioned match. That was bloody and glorious. Brock Lesnar beating the shit out of John Cena in 2014. AJ Styles beating John Cena in 2016. Uh, the return of Daniel Bryan in 2010. Uh, that's four. And, um, oh, God. That no, time when Randy I'll, I'll, Orton busted, got his head busted open by Brock Lesnar. No, I don't oh, mean. No, 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 no. Oh, God, no. But the time when Randy Orton magically won the belt off a of vacant. Five! Five! Take it! <laughs> Take it! I no. mean, I, I would think quite a lot of people would probably no, no, say that the Bulldog winning was bigger. Joking aside, what I'm trying to say is it's just not my favourite moment. It is a classic moment, though. It is one of the best moments in SummerSlam history. I agree. But... For me, Sam takes a point. Yes! That's... I, 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 think I, I, made a fully, I made a better case, but then it gave you more to argue against. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. You Sam. see, Jason Lassley said, the less I talk, the better. Oh, you know, you talk too much, and uh, Sam was the only person who actually you know, came up with the counter-argument. So, I'm afraid, by that logic alone... Yeah, I can't Sam argue the logic, despite being disappointed. Yeah, in future, <laughs> you know, one of you might want to change your answer to, you know, shake things up a bit. But Sam, you yeah. had to react very quickly. I can, an I, answer, and then you'd have had to just throw. Yeah, out. yeah. I'm thinking for the future, maybe we just give like a one-line description of what our point is going to be, so that if it turns out we've both got the same one, we can both come up with a different one separately, and then oh, it'll be. This leads to awkward moments like this, which is what the show is going to be all about. More awkward moments. People love awkward moments. Yeah. Well, you know, this is quite awkward right now because you interrupted my segue. Sorry. Which had no relevance to the next question. So what the hell am I talking about? I don't know. On to round four. Uh, Name one match you would change at SummerSlam 2019 and why? This one is... Whatever so, Sam picks, I'm going to just do the same thing. 
<laughs> I mean, you may well, because there's only one obvious choice in this one. Uh, a lot of the other matches, well, they haven't had much of a build. They're still kind of cool marquee matches. But Dolph Ziggler versus Goldberg oh, is a match that nobody... <laughs> but maybe your argument about what you'd replace it with will be different. So this is a slightly better question than the last one. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, Dolph Ziggler versus Goldberg is not a match that anyone in 2019 really wants to see. Who fucking cares about either of those wrestlers? I get that it's on there because Goldberg needs to get his wind back after the horrible uh, Saudi Arabia match with The Undertaker. But the match I would replace it with is Shinsuke Nakamura, who's the Intercontinental Champion and isn't even on the fucking show, one of the big four pay-per-views. He's got what used to be the secondary belt, versus Samoa Joe, or pretty much any other bloke on the roster, but mostly Joe, because I think Nakamura versus Joe would probably be a banging match. They're both good at wrestling, and they could build it in the time that they've built Ziggler versus Goldberg pretty good. But yeah, I don't understand why the IC belt's not on the show. It actually led to me Googling to see if Shinsuke Nakamura's injured, and he's not. He's just not on the, on the show at all, which doesn't make sense. Uh, so yeah, that's that's my position. Jason, who would you replace Ziggler versus Goldberg with? So I am not going as far as you are there. I'm keeping Goldberg on the card. I think Goldberg, as much as people like us may not be fans, he's going to draw in an audience. I think the floor is his opponent. I don't think anyone cares about Dolph Ziggler. I think it should be Goldberg. One person does. One person does. I think it should be Goldberg versus Baron Corbin. I think that feud would have made much more sense. Corbin's been off TV for a bit. I think they maybe have done that because of overexposure maybe and decided to take him off. I would have done the feud with him here and have been dropping hints with him and Goldberg for a while. And then I would have used it as a chance to then write, get Baron Corbin off TV after a resounding loss and have him go and rediscover himself as maybe the old Baron Corbin or to become a legend killer, but just basically change up his gimmick, which has been played out and everyone is bored of it. I would have done it that way. Ziggler lost in 10 seconds to Owens last week, you know, last month, and he's lost a bunch of matches to Kofi. No one takes him seriously. We know they're just a bump around. But I think the crowd would actually enjoy seeing Baron Corbin take a hell of a beating from Goldberg a lot more than Dolph, and they'd enjoy it a lot more than Nakamura doing another Nakamura doesn't care match against someone. So I... I equally do not think that Baron Corbin is a, a, a draw for a Goldberg match like Ziggler versus Goldberg. I, I don't think Goldberg is that much of a draw either. I think he's kind of had his day and the, the match at Saudi Arabia, I think, has soured a lot of the WWE audience on him. Like he putting him against The Undertaker was a huge mistake and he needs to be gone for longer before he can come back and be like, you know, freight train Goldberg smashing through people again. Um, nobody's going to buy it now. The, he looks too old, and that that heel hook, not great. Uh, and and putting it, do that again. No, no, he probably won't. That's true. But even putting Baron Corbin against him, uh, again, I don't think anyone's that excited to see Baron Corbin in any match either. It would equally be another nothing spot on the card. Whereas, I d has Nakamura ever faced Samoa Joe? I don't think he has. And they're both yes, exciting has. wrestlers, has he? NXT TakeOver Toronto and NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. Uh, okay, so on NXT, but never on the main roster then. And no. yeah, maybe Nakamura is is kind of, hasn't had great matches lately, but like, yeah, I think he's definitely still capable of it. You just have to give him a program that he gives a shit about. Like a lot of wrestlers, Randy Orton's another one that just phones it in when he doesn't care about a feud, but has can capability. I just, can I just jump on this stuff. now? 
Um, Nakamura has not had a great match pretty much since he's been downhill ever since he fought Sami Zayn on NXT at his debut. It's been downhill ever since. He's not had a good match on the main roster for at least a year. What? He's Nakamura, I gave up on him a while ago. I do not care about Nakamura phoning in match after match when he's got good opponents in there with him. And no, when was how many Nakamura matches do you remember? From the last year, you don't. He's just had Nakamura versus matches. Finn Balor for the IC belt. Admittedly, it was on the pre-show, but that was—I thought that was really good. It was Nakamura in a standard Nakamura match, dragging someone down to his level again. Well, a standard Nakamura match. He's one of the best wrestlers in the world, mate. He has incredible charisma. I think he comes across as a bit flat because WWE haven't been pushing him. But you're making an argument that you would put Baron fucking Corbin over him. Like, Baron Corbin has two good things going for him. The Deep Six and whatever his other big move is that I've forgotten the name of. The End of Days. That's all. He has two cool-looking moves, and that's so, it. He's a dead, I- flat character. But that's why I'm putting Baron Corbin in this match, because I'm using up what's left of his character to then send him away and give Goldberg an amazingly over match where he just destroys Baron Corbin and Baron Corbin gets to come back reinvented and add value to the roster again. Uh, I don't know if I think... I think if you had to do a Goldberg match, there are better people on the roster than Baron Corbin for that position as well. Uh, Like, yeah... Bobby Lashley probably be good. Matt Riddle, there's one. Call him up from NXT for a special match. It's Goldberg. Who fucking cares? Matt Riddle versus Goldberg already has like a ready-made feud. Baron Corbin, need, like you say, he does need to go away for a while, but he doesn't need to come back and get squashed by Goldberg before he does. Put Nakamura versus Joe in their place. It's interesting. You can come up with lots of variations in the Goldberg match, you know. Even But you also give it maybe Baron Corbin should be found a way to go and be repositioned and come back later on. But I can't think of anything I want to see involving Nakamura. Um, I mean, I yeah, I was going to say I can, and I've already said it. Nakamura versus Joe. I mean, yeah, <clears throat> I had a list of the roster up, and I was going to read from it, but I've lost it now in in amongst my tab. Um, I mean, yeah, like Nakamura versus Cesaro, Nakamura versus Drew McIntyre, Nakamura versus someone else in alphabetical order on the SmackDown roster, which is uh, the Raw roster, which is the one I'm reading now. Any of them. The point I'm making is any of them are a more exciting match than Goldberg versus Ziggler. So just think about you want to take out the big what match is what is I think a big drawing match so that you can have Nakamura on the card. And your reason at the minute is you think it'd be a good match. And there are not already enough good matches on the card, and it's better to have some spectacles to drag in and be more of a variety of contests. It's not just about whether it would be a high-quality match. It's also about whether it would make sense in the context of the storyline, the storyline being this is a wrestling company. The IC title is undeniably... Well, I guess you could say it's like the third title. I don't know. Do we say the WWE Championship and the Universal title are kind of level, or is one above the other? Yeah, but are you now putting the IC belt above Becky's belt? Above no, I'm saying they should all appear on the show. But this question isn't about the match, about the Raw Women's match, or or uh, or any of the others. This is about replacing Ziggler versus Goldberg. Well, there's no, um, there's a US title match on the show. There is like we've got AJ Styles, but there's no tag team title matches either. There's a, there's a few belts not on this show. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, I guess you could, if you really wanted, you could replace those those matches with this one as well. But I personally think that the um, Intercontinental belt is like a bigger belt than, 
And what, then what, the tag what, titles. What feud is that in Nakamura? Are, are you putting him in with who is it? You think Samoa Joe? The Samoa one, Joe, yeah. The one but we're face. Well, you don't necessarily have to. I guess I've been watching New Japan too much in that you don't have to have like a clear heel face dynamic. The WWE hasn't run with a clear heel face dynamic for ages either. Um, and I, how, I many, think, how many hill v hill matches have you seen lately? Well, I mean, I've been watching the G1, so loads. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but on, on WWE, uh, I honestly don't follow it that closely, so I couldn't tell you. Um, there haven't been many, I can but, tell you that. But you could easily turn one of them face anyway in the build. Because, what, Ziggler versus Goldberg's been... They, uh, they had some angles on the weekly shows leading up to this, didn't they? They could easily do that. This is the WWE. If you give it a build of two weeks, you've given it more storyline development than half the matches on the fucking card. And, like, it doesn't... It, it, you know, you could have someone turn face easily. All they have to do is, in the case of Nakamura, for example, stop punching people in the dick. That's the only difference, really, between heel and face Nakamura isn't it same with Joe is Joe even a heel I guess he he says bad stuff and he does bad stuff but then all he has to do is say I'm going to kick your ass and then be a badass and instantly he's a face again it's he's one of those characters where it's not like so clear he's not like a superhero you know he's not John Cena so it wouldn't be hard to get a good dynamic out of that match so you've done a lot to hype your match up but what's your main issue with me but you just don't like Goldberg I don't think Goldberg is a draw. I don't think the show needs him. I don't think it makes storyline sense. I, I think, think Goldberg's a massive draw for what he is. For, how do you mean for what he is? Um, he's, he would draw in an older crowd that wants to see this legacy star and there's not many of them left from the Attitude Era. I don't think there's that many people who think like that. Um, <laughs> why is it that every time they bring back the Attitude Era guys to their anniversary and Legends show, they pop a massive rating? Do they? Yeah. I didn't think, I thought that the last... Um, they always pop a rating every time they bring back legends. When you say pop a rating, though, do you mean the rating goes up slightly? Because if ratings goes, are down... It goes, anyway, it goes up when there's a significant matter compared to the run rate. I, so, I, uh, I, well, hang on, let me think about this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't think Goldberg is that draw. I think he's a WCW guy. I think your your point about the ratings popping for Legends shows is fair, but in those shows, they're bringing back people like Shawn Michaels. They're bringing back people like Triple H. They're bringing back people like Hulk Hogan, all WWE, all WWE guys. The WCW fans, largely, when WCW shut down, a lot of them just stopped watching wrestling altogether. People who watch WWE these days... They, I mean, they know who Goldberg is. They have an appreciation for who he is. But I feel like after that match in Saudi Arabia, nobody actually wants to see him wrestle anymore. At least not uh, for a while. Uh, okay, guys. Uh, one final point from each, and then I'll make my decision. Um, you're wrong about the WCW fans no longer watching after the company shut down. It's a clear like ratings. Like it's a bit of a misunderstanding of the ratings and the fact that people were watching both shows and they just focused on watching the WWE because the WCW product became so bad. And then there was an overall loss in viewers, which would be a lot of the Attitude Era guys that still popped that rating were on TV during that time period. So Goldberg the way the way that I understood it was that actually the amount of, that they expected the ratings to go up from people who <clears throat> watched WCW, they didn't actually change very much at all. Uh, it, was for a the WWE. it was a misunderstanding of the way the ratings work because if people are watching both shows and counting as a viewer to both during the same 15 minute period. So. 
Oh, this is a tough one. This is this is probably the toughest one at the moment. I think both of you made good points about your own matches. I think both of you made good points about uh, why they don't work. Um, let's talk Goldberg versus Corbin first. You know, there there is there is a lot of variation to be had over Baron Corbin that would make more sense. Baron Corbin's lost a lot of steam. He isn't a draw. That's quite clear by the TV ratings, which you should have mentioned. Uh, Goldberg's match with Undertaker was a big mistake. Goldberg is too old. But Goldberg is a draw. And it makes more sense in terms of business. Nakamura versus Samoa Joe. I think, Jason, you missed a huge counter-argument point by saying, you know what, Nakamura's already in a program with Mustafa Ali. And he should have said that because that would have killed that that would have won the argument there and then if you said that, but you didn't. So you've allowed Sam the opportunity to potentially win a point here. But I just would also, absurd, you, but I didn't have to worry about that. Yeah, but it's an obvious point and you've got to make those obvious points. However, you are right that Nakamura's lost a lot of steam. You know, his best match in WWE was with Sami Zayn, no no one really does remember that Balor match, if I'm honest. I, I even forgot it happened until Sam mentioned it. Um, but both are good wrestlers, and it'd be a more fun match to watch, I think, than uh, Goldberg versus Corbin. But that's personal opinion. And I have to say, when you went down the ratings argument, Sam, the ratings did go up significantly in comparison to what they are. And you lost it. You lost it towards the end. It was 50-50 up until that point. I, I, I nearly had to call a draw, but Jason takes a point in this one. God damn it. I wish I, I fucking paid more attention to WWE because I would oh. have definitely said Nakamura versus Ali. And then that's already like a, a feud that's happened on telly. Bollocks. Yeah, I mean, that could have won it. Um, Goldberg versus Riddle would have been pretty awesome to see that's the one i would have gone for i would say goldberg versus riddle yeah I think when i said it in my argument i thought man i should have gone for that to start with because that's yeah. that's a pre-made match like they've already done feuding for like a, a year or so you know yeah yeah but i tell you what that was a really fun round guys so we're going to move on to point number five and what do you think will be the upset of the weekend SummerSlam or takeover sam since you've already kind of mentioned it you're going to go first here yeah so um i think i said earlier on uh about my prediction for the match we should look forward to uh, i think the upset of the weekend is going to be shane mcmahon putting kevin owens down for the one two three i think everyone's expecting our oh, kev's not going to retire from the wwe nobody really buys that but as i said in my response to the first point it creates so much exciting storyline angles for, for, and it fits with the Kevin Owens character they're kind of doing at the moment because they are kind of trying to do a Stone Cold-esque like, move with him. I mean, he even does the Stone Cold stunner, doesn't he? So he, 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 it would make sense for him to uh, <clears throat> kind of be in that role of coming in through the crowd and beating people up or maybe even stealing a microphone and cutting another big promo like he did on SmackDown. Uh, and I think people aren't expecting it to happen. And I think that's why they're going to do it. It also means Shane McMahon can appear on the show without wrestling as much, which is kind of actually a good place for him. He's very, very good as like a smarmy authority figure heel, way better than Stephanie is. So, yeah, it'd be good to see him in that role as well. And I think they'll go for it. 
What about you, Jason? So, I don't think there's going to be many upsets over both SummerSlam and TakeOver. And I'm not saying that's always a bad thing. I'm just sort of looking at thinking like where their plan is to go with the storylines. The one that I thought they can do this in and would be interesting would be Trish v. Charlotte. So, I can see, you know, Trish, we're in Canada. She's going to get a massive pop. Charlotte Flair, to be fair, isn't actually in a, an actual storyline with anyone else at the moment. I mean, obviously, they want to put it back with Bailey at some point, but they can line up other challenges for Bailey for a little while. And they could actually afford to have Charlotte lose. But, you know, from a roll up, from a cradle, some sort of thing where she can save a bit of faith. But ultimately, she loses and Trish gets a massive pop from being in Canada. And everyone's happy. It's a good feel. It's a nice feel good moment. And it'll probably get a bit more press coverage with Trish's back and winning a match against Charlotte Flair. And I'm not saying they can't come back to this down the road. So I'd go with that one. I think that's the one where I can see them maybe putting Trish over rather than, you know, the Queen. Right. Who's going to murder who? Let, let's have some murdering. It's killing see, time. So, Jason, you know, I actually was thinking uh, when I was thinking about this earlier on uh, about my answer, I had a similar thought to you. I thought, you know what, that that one, that's kind of got potential to be a bit of an upset. And then I thought... Why the fuck would they do that? What does Trish Stratus gain from winning that match? She's not going to come back to the WWE to do a program. She, this is just like a one-off match. She's dusting off her boots for a big old marquee match. She gains absolutely nothing from winning, whereas it makes Charlotte, who's supposed to be one of the most dominant women in WWE history, she's held the belt the most times, she's got the highest number of pay-per-view defences, all it does is make her look weak because she's lost to an, old, an older member of the roster who hasn't been on the show for what how many years now apart from the women's battle royale oh no she had that special tag match as well didn't she with um oh, i can't remember who she was team with but she's against mickey james because they teased that that the you know the v licking thing i'm not helping you um no i didn't think you would but you know the match i mean i know all about um, i know exactly within that match yeah yeah <clears throat> so i don't think charlotte gains anything from from or, or anyone gains from Trish winning, so I don't think that'll be an upset. I think it'll be a fun match, but I think Charlotte will do the natural selection, or she'll put Trish in the figure eight, and that'll be that. So I guess I'll go after your match. I just don't want to see Kevin Owens doing Stone Cold Steve Austin like 2.0 as a really like inferior version of it. Um, I, I know what you're saying. It could be like quite interesting to do, but they're not going to do it the way they did in the old days, like with Stone Cold and Vince. It will just be a few weeks of Owens doing silly stuff like attacking Shane from the crowd or driving up to the thingy up to the stadium with a truck. They won't make it work in anywhere near the same way. And within a month or two, they just have like got bored of it, and you know Owens will be back resting on the main show. It's not like it'll be a long-term story, but it'll get him over. I just think it'll make him look weak losing to Shane McMahon, much more than Charlotte losing to Trish, which I think they can do more with Owens losing to Shane McMahon. It's like I know that Shane's won a few fluky victories, and they got that ongoing storyline, but I figure they need. I can't see them having Owens lose; it would damage him too much. My point is that Charlotte can afford to lose because it is a one-off match. It's not an ongoing feud. And if you wanted, you could come back to this at the Evolution pay-per-view if they decide to do it later in the year and get like Charlotte to get her win back. So it's interesting there that you've made the assumption that Shane would beat Kevin clean because I don't think that is what will happen because uh, he's a heel one and also it's already established he's got a goon squad that help him out in, in, in all his I matches. I think I said he'd win clean. 
But then it wouldn't. It, Kev wouldn't look weak by losing to Goonery. That's the point of why you have a cowardly heel. It lets them win matches without taking away the power from from the face in the match. Just makes um, me groan the idea of them doing that. And I think also that yeah, my question when you said, "Oh, you know, it'll, it'll be boring." Did you watch that promo? Were you paying attention, like even slightly? It's like the hottest thing that WWE have done in years. My friends who haven't watched WWE since they were ten were sending me links to the video of that promo like so have you, you mean, seen this do you mean kevin owens is like sub pipe bomb promo it wasn't a sub pipe bomb promo it was hot as hell and then shane mcmahon getting them to turn all the mics off and stuff that yeah. was that was powerful i'll be honest with you while we're talking about the pipe bomb promo i didn't see why that was actually so great it just looked like a smug man talking bollocks at the top of the ramp mm-hmm. but so there we go it's different he was. We're he not, had. We're not talking about CM Punk here. Let's get back on track. I don't, okay, I don't understand why. I don't understand like the build and like you're putting the, the promo there. But yeah. And also the pipe bomb promo promo is great. But we'll have that conversation afterwards, Sam. Okay. Okay. I mean, so I'm being harsh there because I didn't watch WWE at that time, and the it way was. that that. Yeah. <clears throat> where where uh, whereas that promo with Kev, it like I said in in the uh, in the in, in the first round, it was like a. Uh, him speaking what everyone was thinking and and doing it in an incredible way where you know everything he said made perfect sense and you wanted to see him kick Shane McMahon's head in now Shane's going to put him down and he's going to spend weeks harassing Shane until eventually someone lets him back in the com- into the company or there'll be a blow off match which will be to reinstate him and have Shane McMahon go away which is a great storyline it's a classic WWE storyline yeah, classic as in it's been done to death. I mean, have you been watching wrestling? It's all the same storylines all I, the I, time. I, I, just think, I'm just, I just don't want to I don't, don't want to see him go down that route with like Kevin Owens. And I just don't think it's necessary to, to do that right now for him. I, I mean, I, I think it makes more sense than Charlotte, who actually is kind of not looking very strong at the moment. She hasn't been in the title picture for a while. Losing to... Trish Stratus, someone who doesn't even have a reputation as being like a particularly just, good wrestler. Sam, back to your point, I guess you're saying like about it. So this is Charlotte's losing by like it's a sneaky roll up. It's not like it's a, a resounding victory. It's a out of nowhere cradle or roll up. So she's losing sim- to a wrestling move. She's getting out wrestled by a retired she's, veteran. She's slipping on a banana peel and somehow losing. A slipping on a banana peel. You know so it's going to be a reference. comedy match. No, because that, 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 oh, Sam, I thought you were was wrestling that... and educated. It's a term, as in something's just going to go wrong for her own mistake. Maybe she's gloating too much and that's how she loses. Oh, OK. I mean, I still don't really see it. I don't I can't see them putting Trish Stratus over. It doesn't it doesn't make business sense in, in any way. The, the only outcome the there is Charlotte. Looks, really happy. Yeah. One arena full of people. But like press coverage. It'll get press coverage without Trish Stratus winning. Nobody cares about wrestling outside of the wrestling press. And the fact that Trish Stratus has already returned has got the same number of eyes as if she won on the product. In fact, if anything, all you need to do is announce she's in the match and that's the draw. You don't need to have her win. So I I don't think it'll be an upset. So any final (laughs) points before I uh, make my decision? One last chance to swing it either way. Shane has to lose at some point, and now is the time to do it with Kevin Owens. I wouldn't drag this out. I think, yeah, there's nothing to gain from having a veteran beat 
uh, like like Tris Stratus, who, as I said, was not actually even a particularly great wrestler when she was like in her prime. She and was the so, best of her era. I don't know if she was ever really booked like that. I think I think she was always booked as a bit of not as like a comedy character, but she was never like a power wrestler or whatever, was she? Well, she was the first woman to ever you know main event an episode of Raw, so there's that. I am going to silence you both. I have made a decision. I have made a decision. I have made a decision. So, so here's the thing. This person right here has quite clearly thought of this one through a bit more than just, um, you know, one move, a bit of a hometown pop. I think there's a bit more story behind this uh, particular upset. Um, I understand the counter argument that, you know, it's been done to death. It's unnecessary. We don't want someone to be uh, an Austin 2.0. And, but I've got to say, Sam's arguments were much stronger in this one. Trish does not look good uh, <laughs> in recent matches. Uh, you know, you say, you know, Kevin Kevin loses unclean is bad. You know, losing by roll-up is bad. You know, it count, counters each other out. I've got to be honest, Sam's argument here was much stronger out of the two. So I'm going to give the point to Sam. Thank you very much. That was a good, fun argument, though. I, I actually really enjoyed that one and the round yeah, before that. I, th- I think it's been good so far, but we're on to the speed round, so shut up. Oh. Both of you. What's the score at the minute? So Sam is leading three points to two. So here's how the speed round will work, or as I like to call it, the three-count round, because there are only three more balls to win so uh three questions each person will have 30 seconds to make their point i will give them an either or uh answer so for instance uh which brock lesnar match was better uh the rock versus rock or versus john cena uh what the first person to say that answer will debate that point and then the other person will have to debate the other points. So if Sam said The Rock, then Jason would have to argue on the point of John Cena. Uh, both guys, just to uh, let you know, already know the questions in advance. So uh, hopefully they haven't prepared one answer. They've prepared two, if they're wise enough. Uh, so it is fastest fingers first to debate. This is our speed round, the three count round. Uh, still eligible to win all the points but jason you need to win all three to win sam you only need two more points to win this match or it could end in a draw maybe i'll come up with a last minute tiebreaker for you you don't know but anyway so question number one who's a better wrestler johnny gargano or adam cole johnny gargano (laughs) wait but who did broad here first I heard Sam first. Yes. So uh, my one-line argument is Adam Cole is great at wrestling, but Johnny Gargano makes people cry. That's powerful. Okay, uh, Jason, Adam Cole. 
Adam Cole is the more well-rounded performer, but can probably do more against different types of opponents than Johnny, who is kind of stuck in a certain sort of match theme. Fair enough. Now you've got one minute to tear each other apart. Go. I mean, yeah, Adam Cole is a very accomplished and able technician in the ring, and he has the capability of having great wrestling matches. Right. Thank you. But... But, but Johnny Gargano, like, you see the crowd after he wins the belt. People are hugging each other and crying. He elicits a massive emotional reaction from, like, people who are, you know, normally quite difficult to bring to emotional levels like that, given that predominant wrestling is, is male fans, you know? My, my argument would be that he's done that through the harder work of the hills he's been in the ring with in terms of Adam Cole and Shamatic as well have you and adam cole are the ones that make that work for him have you watched any of his matches he's not just standing there Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i guess (laughs) time time uh i gotta be honest saying adam cole's a more well-rounded wrestler is not winning the point sam you're up four two Question number two. Who should leave the with the WWE Championship? Kofi Kingston or Randy Orton? I don't fucking care. I'll go for Kofi Kingston then. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Sam, you're debating Randy Orton. Jason, you need to win the next two falls to have, uh, well, to draw, essentially, at this point. Sure. So, I'll go first, I guess. So, um, Kofi, you know, I see no value in Randy Orton getting the run. I don't think it will see why anyone will care. But if you look at Kofi... You can line them up. He's still got the feuds to go on with Reigns, Drew, Brock, Almas, Murphy. See as a TV and pay-per-view matches, it could all be really, really good, whereas Orton's won't be. So I would disagree. I think uh, Randy Orton's the right guy to win this match. Kofi Kingston has undeniably become a legend since winning the belt at WrestleMania this year. However, Randy Orton is the legend killer. He's also a killer heel, and when he wants to, he can pull those matches out of the bag. I know he gets criticised, often actually by yours truly, for being boring, but there is no doubt that when he is in a feud he cares about, Randy Orton can deliver the goods. This is a, this is a speed round, so you have one minute to tear each other apart right now. Go. Sam, I don't think you believe your own argument. Convince I, me. Of course, I 100% believe my own argument. Randy Orton, if he wins the belt, then he's got actually quite a lot to do as like a... He could be the kind of... Uh, big evil heel who kind of like Triple H was back in the kind of late 90s early 2000s like he's a dick but he's also really good at wrestling and so actually you care about him losing and then whoever brings him down looks so much stronger by comparison yeah. and I mean, Randy Orton that's madness I mean you think the amount they've been invested in Kofi Kingston for this feud since mainly the amount they're behind him and then just to say oh Orton that part timer that's turning up just for a little while we're going to go and put the belt on him rather than having all the money behind Kofi and those series of great matches he can have. I don't see where Randy Orton goes with the belt and who takes him down and looks better from doing it. No one's going to care. Kofi, in a rematch, further down the road, it makes perfect sense. Then you build him back up. You can you done, can turn this into... Done, the done, done. Silence. I have timed this. Ah. Oh, this is tough. This is tough. I think both of you make some great points. I like the fact that Jason rattled off all the names that Kofi can still compete with. I love the storyline sense that uh, Sam's also talking to. 
I'm going to give the point to Jason. That's fair. Do you know, though, I did actually start to believe myself, and I fucking hate Randy Orton, so... You started off strong, but I, I don't know. I felt, you know, uh, Jason offered more options there. So, that leads us on to the final question. The final question. Jason to tie, Sam to win. Which part-timer is best for business? Brock Lesnar or the best in the world, Shane McMahon? Brock Lesnar, obviously. Uh, looks like Jason, you've got Shane McMahon. <laughs> I'll hear the Brock argument first. Brock Lesnar is still an incredible marquee draw. People come out to see him. Children in America are still his fans. Even though uh, I, I know I like to make arguments that are like, oh, he's not a very good wrestler. He doesn't care about the business. But the fact is, when people hear, my name is Paul Heyman, everyone go, Pew! It's a big deal. Brock Lesnar matches are still a big deal. And when he wants to, he can absolutely deliver the goods. When he's against opponents that he cares about, uh, he can smash it. I mean, Brock Lesnar's good, but Shane McMahon, as we've been talking about and we all agreed, is the best in the world. I mean, he draws people in. He's a credible wrestler. He's having great matches against Kevin Owens. You know, he's going to beat Kevin Owens potentially. He's been having all these great matches over the last like several months. He's all over this show. He's clearly the star of the company. And you call him a part-timer, but he's there every week. He's putting the effort in, and people care about his matches. Right. You have one minute to murder each other. Guy. So, which match is the bigger draw? Roman Reigns versus Shane McMahon or Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar? Well, I think it's probably Shane McMahon if we're being honest about it. Really? Like, I don't think anyone even wants to see that match. Shane McMahon is excellent as, like, a mid card. We want to see Shane get his come up and try it. Brock, you know what you're going to get. Brock's going to do his very standard formula with Shane. You know, everyone wants to see him get beaten up, but you never know what he's going to jump off. You never know what special movie he's going to break out for it. You don't know what themed baseball shirt he's going to be wearing. He's got it all going on, whereas Brock is so predictable. I think if you look at what Shane's been producing week in week out just on the tv and then when he gets to wrestle he actually has one of the best matches on the show every time i mean i'm not i'm not going to disagree that shane mcmahon is entertaining because obviously i made all those arguments earlier on but when people look at the when people look at the card for a show they don't go oh shane mcmahon's wrestling i gotta check this one out but they do go casual fans do go mcmahon's are draws i i don't know if they're as much draws as you think they are time time I even let you overrun because I was too busy laughing my ass off. To this <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing? That's a serious debate. I just, yeah, I mean, children of America. <laughs> just when Sam said that, I just, I, for some reason, I'm just thinking, living in America. <laughs> um, sorry for we are the, the world. Show, we, we are, are the children. Yeah. <laughs> we. Uh, the children of the revolution right oh my god oh my god okay um damn this is difficult because jason put up a strong argument yeah i'm not going to disagree there that was tough but then again despite jason's passion you said the best line in the entire thing and that is 
who would you rather see Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar oh, Reigns. this is that big one I asked that for I don't know why <laughs> Roman Reigns was man that killed me um, not a match you could ever imagine happening like there's, there's nobody wins out in that match yeah uh, so speaking of winners Sam you win the point and the game yeah, uh, I'm not really well arguing for Shane there. You know, you I, I'm not gonna. You. <laughs> that that was like genuinely extremely good, and I started to think, man, like I don't know how I can, I don't know if I can win this. Like very, Some, yeah, very strong points. Better, but that was fantastic, guys. I enjoyed having both of you on the show, and uh, yeah, that wraps up our first ever new Holy Shoot Wrestling podcast. Um, yeah, we'll come up with a better name at some point down the line. But thank you for joining us, listener. I hope you also enjoyed the show. Hopefully it wasn't too chaotic for you. Um, actually, no, it wasn't chaotic enough. But hopefully it... More um, chaos on future episodes. Mm. Um, hopefully we'll have a triple threat next week or a fatal four-way. Um, mix, it, mix it up even further. And our three-count round, which i got to remember called three-count round instead of speed round, but it's just easier to say speed round. But, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed the show. What about you guys? Yeah, I had a load of fun doing this, actually. I knew it was going to be fun, but I didn't think I'd enjoy it as much as I have, and that's, uh, like, a positive thing. How does it feel to be uh, the inaugural winner? Uh, I mean, this is the first of many victories for me. I'm starting my streak right now. The Undertaker can move the fuck over. It's all about the new streak in professional wrestling. And that's Sam, the Bedford brawler, coming to you on the Holy Shoot podcast. Yeah. Uh, Jason, uh, commiserations. How does it feel to lose to Sam? And I'm starting to think, unlike wrestling, it feels like this might be fixed a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, Jason. You just made weaker points. Like you know, don't 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 get too upset. I think I did a bonus on. point for my Shane McMahon argument, doing all I could there to sort of concentrate on what he said. Yeah, I, a sound I, argument against him. Yeah, I mean, when he didn't say anything, I was just like, did Jason fail to stay on the call, or you know? Um, I mean, could we have what, like what a? Happened? Oh, so I was, could we have like an argument? Like you have man of the match in football. Could we have like argument of the night? Maybe we'll yeah. come up with a, a more snappy name for it. But yeah. if we come, if we have that, then Jason definitely wins I'm, that. I mean, I'm, I disagree. I, I'm going to come up with argument of the night right now. Uh, that goes to you again, Sam. Sorry, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> but what the Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, Shane McMahon versus Brock Lesnar. No, I mean. That that was so close. Like I nearly took it. To, uh, I nearly took it to overtime, uh, which would have been um, it off the top of my head. Which match Brock Lesnar? Uh, which match that Brock Lesnar had was better at SummerSlam? The Rock or John Cena? Um, that would have been the uh, tiebreaker because I, I I think we needed a winner in our first one. I don't think we should have set a precedent of a draw. Um, but yeah, that 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 line killed me. But no, I think your argument. All your arguments were really good, um, but I think the one that kill, the, the killer one was the last of uh, the normal round where Trish defeating Flair. There's just not enough argument from Jason, and you defended your point about Shane versus Kevin Owens really, really well. That wins argument of the night for me. Uh, oh, well, thank you very much. So this is the start of a two-part streak for me. First winning the show and second winning argument of the night. But Jason... You also had uh, some terrific moments as well. Um, Goldberg versus Corbin. 
I'd rather see that over Nakamura versus Joe, if I'm honest. I think the uh, British Bulldog 92 thing was hilarious. Um, I really liked your dream done strong argument and the way you tackled that as well. So uh, great arguments from both of you. Fantastic show. I'm not sure if Jason's still on the call. Jason, did you die? No, I'm here. I'm just letting you sort of point out about I'm like the Johnny Gargano of the show in terms of close, but not quite close enough. Are you going to make me cry though, Jason? I'll do the best. I'll do my best. <laughs> you bring it to I'll be over later to make you cry, make you humble. <laughs> <laughs> wow. This. <laughs> so thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you like the show, subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, also follow us on Facebook at Holy Shoot Podcast on Twitter and on Instagram at Holy Shoot Wrestling. I'll promise to do more on there soon. And yeah, give us five stars wherever possible too. And that's the bottom line because Holy Shoot said so. Life is the name of the game, and I want to play the game with you. Life can be terribly tame if you don't play the game with two. And I want to play the game with you. Good evening, ladies, gentlemen, and children. Welcome to the Generation Game. Nice to see you. To see you. Nice. There we are. And we've never seen our studio audience before, but you do look a lovely lot. And before the show, you know, people back home, we gave them a paper hat.